Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Seminoles podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Wayne McGee, the third host of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. And for those of you that are returning listeners, I really appreciate all the support. And if you're a new listener who don't doesn't really know who I am, I'm the Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. I've covered Florida State for each of the last four seasons. And I cover football, baseball, basketball, and recruiting. Football, I cover every time Willie Taggart speaks, every time a player speaks, every time... You know, coaches speak every home, away, bowl game, doesn't matter if Florida State's playing, I'm there. So I have a pretty good idea of what's going on around the, the Florida State football program. The basketball, I cover every basketball home game, as well as any postseason basketball games. I was out in uh, Nashville and Los Angeles for Florida State's Elite run, elite Eight run last season. Baseball, I cover every baseball home game, as well as any postseason baseball games that uh, that Florida State's playing. And I was out in Omaha and 2017 when Florida State made uh, made the College World Series and then I also cover every major and minor recruiting event that Florida State has so I have a pretty good idea of what's going on around the three major sports and recruiting for for Florida State Um, this podcast is going to focus more on the progress that we've seen from Florida State this season I know Clemson's coming up we're going to get into them uh, in Florida State's matchup with the Tigers a lot later this week, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the progress that we've seen from Florida State from the disastrous first game against Virginia Tech and then Samford and then Syracuse to the point that we're at now because Florida State's really gotten better across the board in almost every facet of the game. I mean, start. we're going to start off on the, on the offense and the biggest issue that Florida State had at the beginning of the year was Florida State's offensive line was just absolutely atrocious. It was awful. There was literally nothing that they could do right. Everything everything went badly. And DeAndre Francois was sacked a lot. He was hit a lot. You know, the running game wasn't able to get going at all. Um, and it was just a, a major issue for, for the Seminoles. And the offensive line hasn't gotten significantly better um, but it has gotten better. A lot of that has to do with the fact that Florida State started seven different offensive line combinations in seven games. That's the most of uh, any any team in the country, and it looks like, from what Willie Taggart said today, everybody's healthy that was healthy last week, Landon Dickerson being the obvious um, you know, exception to that. He, there's no timetable for his return. At this point, I don't expect him to return this season. But it, the guys who started um, against Wake Forest are expected to start against Clemson, and that would be the first time that Florida State's had the same starting unit in back-to-back games this season. So Florida State's offensive line against against Wake Forest did a pretty good job. Um, you know, Francois wasn't sacked at all. There weren't that many uh, that many negative runs. It was it was a Good, a really good performance by the offensive line. Yeah, there were some mistakes. There's going to be some mistakes. This unit is still not as talented as, <clears throat> excuse me, as an offensive line at Florida State should be. So <clears throat> there's still going to be a lot of issues at that, but the continuity and the consistency, and this offensive line does continue to get better. I mean, it really does. You can, When you watch them, they're opening up holes more in the running game. They're doing a much better job of, of pass blocking. It's just been an overall improvement um, from what we saw at the beginning of the year when they just couldn't do anything right. 
they're starting to get used to the new blocking schemes. They're starting to get used to the new techniques that offensive line coach Greg Fry is teaching them. And, you know, I don't want to say there's a lot to like about what Florida State's offensive line is doing, but it's it's a vast improvement over what we've seen. And that's led to, you know, improvement in the other areas. Florida State's wide receivers in the first two games couldn't block to save their lives. It was it was awful. They couldn't block on the edge, and it really set the Florida State offense back. Since that point, Florida State's uh, blocking out wide has been phenomenal. Tomorrow and Terry is a nightmare um, for defensive backs to, uh, to try and get off of blocks. He's physical, and he's mean when he gets after it. Um, Keith Gavin has gotten much better at that. Nyquan Murray's done a, a pretty good job. So Florida State's doing a much better job of blocking out wide, and the receivers have gone out and made plays. I mean, they've gone out and they've made big-time plays, big-time catches, and it's been um, it's been fun to watch their development. And tight ends, you know, Trey McKitty, uh, he's gotten better, but we also saw the first uh, – the first signs of life from Nasir Upshur this past game. He had two catches, his first two catches of his career. And the you know, just overall the offense is getting better. DeAndre has you know, he, when he's throwing the football, he's really, really good. Um he's made some really good decisions of late. He's still not um not making the correct reads as he needs to be that he that he needs to be making. Um but he does get better as the game goes on when that happens. So that's something that, um, you know, that, that's something that is, is a good sign for, for him, but he needs to be doing it better from the beginning of the game rather than, you know, having to, having to ease into it. He did get better uh, after the first three drives against, against Wake Forest. He started making the correct reads and Florida state was that much better because of it. So there's, you know, he, he's, uh, he's been really good throwing the football and he's, starting to get better when it comes to making the reads um as it gets later into games he he gets much better as he gets more used to what the defense is throwing at him and all of that so it's been a i mean the the, the running backs cam Akers is not the same running back that he, that we saw against uh against virginia tech and, and syracuse and sanford he's He's going more north-south. He's getting upfield. He's taking the two- and three-yard gains that he was trying to bounce outside and, you know, make big plays on earlier in the season. And, you know, it, it turned into, you know, tackles for loss and lost yardage. Instead, he's taking and he he's getting upfield and, and doing a much better job. I mean, he he had two negative runs on on Saturday against Wake Forest and yeah he, he took he took a bunch of uh, small runs and then he hit two big plays. So, you know, Jock S. Patrick is running hard. This isn't an offense that really fits his skill set. Um, you know, running out of the shotgun, running east-west a lot, you know, it's it's not an offense that fits his skill set, but he's been doing a good job of running hard and, you know, get, breaking tackles and being the, the big back that Florida State needs. So it hasn't really translated into stats for him, at least, but he's, um, he, he, he's been good. He's been better. So the offense, I mean, the offense as a whole, it's, I mean, you can see it, you know, as, as the games wear on, that the offense is getting more comfortable. They've got a little more confidence now. They're getting more confidence um, as the season goes on, as they get more used to this offense, and that's—I mean—that's obviously a positive sign. After after the first three games, this season was always going to be uh, about preparing for for next year and getting better for next year, and and trying to 
change the culture at Florida State and change, you know, how things are done. And, you know, hopefully that Willie Taggart and the offense and the team as a whole will be able to continue to build on that. And it seems like the offense is starting to build on that. Obviously, it's going to be a very tough task this week with Clemson coming to town. That's a very, very good defense, and it's going to be very tough for Florida State to continue that momentum. But, um, you know, regardless of what happens against Clemson, this offense has shown signs of progress, and that's really all you can ask ask for after the way the, the start of the season went. In the second segment, we'll get into... We'll get into the defense and just how much better they've gotten and um, what's going on there. <clears throat> and in the, th- the third segment, we'll talk a little bit about special teams. We'll talk about the, the team as a whole and wh- where things are headed there and just about the culture. So we've got a lot to, lot, lot left to talk about for, uh, for this Locked On Seminoles podcast. But before we get into that, we all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on the Noles. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to, and you can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, that's locked on, no spaces, all capitalized, for for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee, so make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into the second segment of this Locked On Seminoles podcast. And I do appreciate you guys sticking with me for that. But <clears throat> Florida State's defense, there there were some holes. There were some big holes at the beginning of the year. Um, there were some big holes through the, I mean, the first f- five games. You know, Virginia Tech was able to exploit them at some point. Samford absolutely just gouged the Florida State defense down the field. Syracuse was able to find success in, in the second half when Florida State you know, ran out of gas. Um, Northern Illinois didn't really have a lot of success, but that's because that offense is absolutely horrendous. And then Louisville hit a hit a few big plays that led to um, that led to points. And then Miami, Miami also you know hit hit some big plays, but I wouldn't put uh, put that game on the defense. They were dealt some really bad field position and then made some plays, but just didn't didn't weren't able to make enough in the end to overcome what happened on offense in the second half. Against Wake Forest, the defense obviously struggled at the very beginning of the game, giving up 10 first quarter points, and then they didn't give up any points the rest of the game until um, the fourth quarter when the second team unit was in. So the defense, I mean, you look at the progress that we're going to start on the defensive line and work our way back here. Um, but you look at the defensive line and you see the progress that a guy like Marvin Wilson has made. He's gotten continually gotten better. He didn't really have the stats against Wake Forest that uh, that he he had against Miami and Louisville, but he, he was constantly being double teamed. He was pushing the pile. He he did a really really good job of being a nuisance on that defensive line, and the guys around him were able to uh, were able to make an impact. Um, Corey Durden has been absolutely phenomenal this year. He had a great spring and a really good fall camp, and he's really translated that to the field. But he continues to get better. Right now he's second on the team with four and a half tackles for loss. He's 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 gotten much better um, 
than he was at the beginning of the season. Then obviously Brian Burns. <clears throat> Brian Burns has even gotten better. He's second in the country in sacks, but he's also gotten a lot better about getting to the quarterback rather than running by him and creating those pressures and getting the quarterback to the ground. And he's actually gotten better, you know, stopping the run as well. He's overall he's become a much better player since the beginning of the season. And then you look at a guy like Janarius Robinson who talked about him yesterday, but I thought after I rewatched the game again this morning and it, it, that was easily the best game of his career. He played, you know, I talked about how, how much he, he came in as a raw prospect and he's starting to do some things that there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. He always had the physical tools, but he was such a raw uh, prospect and didn't have the technique. And he's starting to do the little things right that are going to make him a really good player. So it's really nice to see him step up. His his game against Wake Forest was really good. He did a good job. Um, he lost contain a couple times, but he also um, he also made some really good plays, stringing out a play. And he, you know he had a spin move, he had a couple swims, and he's still able to get upfield. And he he was just causing havoc on the uh, on the Wake Forest offensive line. So it was really nice to see. And then you have Wally Amy. Uh, Amy hasn't really been great this year, but he has been better the past two games. And then you have Josh Kando, who's been injured, and then he's, you know, he he had a really good game against Wake Forest. He's going to miss the first half against Clemson because of a really stupid targeting penalty that was clearly targeting. He should have been ejected, um, and uh, he's going to miss the first half of the Clemson game. But he's still he's still gotten better from what we've seen. Um, Dontavious Jackson has been really good. Leonard Warner, linebacker Leonard Warner has been really good. Jaden Woodby continues to get better. Emmett Rice, now that he's starting to get healthy, is getting better. Zaquandre White started off uh, started off fall camp uh, working at linebacker for the first time, and he had a career high six tackles against Wake Forest. He brings the energy out there. He's he's not afraid to stick his nose in. He he's improved. I mean, dramatically since the beginning of the season, and he's starting to make an impact for Florida State. So. Yeah, I, I, the the linebacker unit at Florida State still isn't great, but we've we've definitely seen some progress from that unit as far as you know run run fits, stepping into gaps. You know, coverage is still a little bit of an issue there, um, but overall they've gotten a lot better. The one area that Florida State has not really gotten better in is at cornerback. Um, I thought Asante Samuel Jr. and a and A.J. Litton have been fine. They're true freshmen. They're going to make mistakes, but they've been willing to go in, go against the best uh, best receivers that the opposing teams have to offer and, you know, stick their nose in. So you have to like what you've seen from them, but I've been pretty disappointed with the play of Kyle Myers and Levanta Taylor so far this year. And it's, uh, you know, Levanta really struggled in the first quarter against against Wake Forest and, Kyle Myers had a horrible game against Miami and uh and Louisville he wasn't very good either so it's been an up and down year for those guys but the guys behind them the true freshmen have been have been pretty good and you have to like what you uh, what you see from that position going forward at safety safety's also been a mixed bag Hampson Nasruddin has been really physical he leads the team in tackles he's done a He's done a good job of being physical in the run game. He still misses a lot of tackles. He's kind of a liability in coverage. That first, uh, that first Wake Forest touchdown was on him. He took a bad angle and got beat by uh, by the tight end coming across the middle. Um, 
so he, he's a little bit of a liability in coverage, but he's physical and he comes up and he's he's really helping Florida State in the run game. Uh, AJ Westbrook has n- not been not been very good. Cyrus is still struggling a little bit, and Stanford is obviously he he's been very good um, for the most part. He's obviously had some plays where where he struggled a little bit, but he's being asked to do a lot of different things in the most important position on the defense, and he's stepped up in into that role pretty well for a guy who was basically a corner during uh, during the spring and then only start, moved to safety full-time in the fall. So, you know, the, the defense is, I mean, it, it's, it's gotten better. There, there were a lot less wide-open receivers running downfield for um, – for Wake Forest that didn't, you know, there weren't a lot of wide open receivers against Miami. The, the run game has been awesome throughout the entire, you know, the entire season. They're like third in the country when it comes to stopping the run. Um, so Florida state's doing a, uh, doing a really good job of stopping the run. The, you know, giving up big plays. They're aggressive. That's part of the reason why it's happening. Florida State's being aggressive. They're going after it. They're trying to force the opposing team into making mistakes. And sometimes it burns them. Sometimes, it, you know, they make big plays. But, you know, over the past two games, they've done a much better job of of keeping things contained as far as the big plays go and wide receivers running wide open down the field. I know, you know, Miami had a, had a couple plays where that happened. Um, but not as many as it was against Louisville, and it's it seems to be getting better in that area as the defense actually gets more basic. They're just letting them go out and play ball. So you have to you have to like what you've seen from the Florida State defense overall this season. They've played pretty pretty well. Um, you know, Harlan Barnett's turning out to be a great hire for Florida State. He's turning out to. Uh, to be a, a real plus for the Seminoles and the, the defensive guys obviously love him and what he brings to the table as a defensive coordinator. So, you know, the defense, we talked about the defense, we talked about the offense, everybody's getting better. Um, and that's basically after the way the first three games went, that's all you can ask from this team. Cause after, uh, after Syracuse and the debacle there when Florida State lost 30-7, to there were questions about whether Florida State would be able to win another game. And since then, they've won 3 of 4, should have gone 4-0, and but, uh, you know, the Miami the Miami game is, yeah. But it, it's it, there's been clear progress for the Seminoles, and it's, you know, that's obviously a welcome sight for Willie Taggart. They had to wonder about, after those three games, how his message was going to be taken. Would the team quit like it did last year? This team hasn't quit. They fought the whole way, and it's it's been uh, it's been a pretty refreshing, pretty refreshing to see the uh, a Florida State team that's still giving its all, no matter how bad the situation is, because that didn't happen last year. Um, but that'll do it for this second segment. In the third segment, we'll talk about special teams and how they've gotten better there. We'll talk about you know the overall team as a whole and the direction of the team. And then that'll be it for this Locked On Seminoles podcast. But before uh, before we get into that, are you sick of paying for 20 channels that you never watch when you just want to see the Knowles win? You've got to check out Sling TV. It's the best way to watch college football. And $30 a month gets you ESPN 
Pac-12 network, the SEC network, the ACC network will probably be on it when it comes out next year, and many, many more sports channels. So there's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. You know, Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. So you've got to uh, sign up for Sling TV and get your seven-day free trial. Locked On listeners can get get their seven-day free trial by going to sling.com forward slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com forward slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Thanks for sticking with me. Final segment here, we're going to talk a little bit about, a uh, little bit more about how Florida State's uh, made progress this season and where where it leads to. But special teams, <clears throat> obviously Ricky Aguayo, the one area where Florida State has not has not improved on special teams. Um, he's still, I mean, he's, he's converting 58.3% of his kicks. He kicked a 49-yarder, he, kicked a thir- he missed a 39-yarder. Um, and Willie Taggart was obviously very unhappy with him after that miss. He's basically a 50-50 guy right now. If you line it up on the left hash, he's probably not going to make it. If you line it up on the right hash, he's probably, he probably is going to make it, but there's, um, you know, there's not a lot of consistency there and he's, he really hasn't gotten any better as, as far as the, um, through the remainder of the season. And then, but Logan Tyler has been really good on punt, uh, on punting. He averaged over, uh, 44 yards a punt against Wake Forest. He's, you know, against Miami, he, he made a few bad choices as far as the direction of his punts, the length of his punt, but he's been pretty consistent in giving, you know, good punts throughout the season. Um, some of them don't look pretty. Their low line drives ended up rolling a long way, but, you know, he's, he's getting the job done for the most part. Um, Punt returns, obviously, DJ Matthews and the punt return team really struggled to get anything going through the uh, through the first half of the season. I mean, he had two returns for nine yards in the first in the first three games. Most of that was because there was a lot of uh, th- there were penalties. They were taking big big returns off the board. There was not a lot of blocking going on to give him a lot of room. So he's having a fair catch a lot. You know, since that point. He's had 15 returns for 239 yards and a touchdown. He had the touchdown against Miami. He's been, I mean, he's been really good. He's, he's leading the country in return yards right now. He's averaging almost four, he's averaging over 14 and a half yards per return. He's, he's doing a good job. I mean, he's lightning in a bottle when he catches, when he's, when he gets, when he gets space to work with, he's fun to watch. And, um, you know, Florida state hasn't had that for a long time. But punt return unit's been been much better. The kickoff return unit, you know, Anthony Grant broke out a, a pretty big return, a thirty yard return last week, and you know they only returned uh, had two returns last week, and averaged twenty two and a half yards per return. So it's uh, it's been getting better. Um, the first uh, the first five games of the season weren't great at all, but over the past two games they've they've averaged almost 25 yards per return. So there's, there's progress there. So it, it really has been improvements almost across the board for the Seminoles so far this season. And now we get into the much tougher part of the schedule and it's going to be tough for Florida state to maintain, at least on paper, maintain 
that that progress. I mean, Clemson's one of the best defenses in the country. They're one of the best offenses in the country. Trevor Lawrence is an excellent quarterback. Travis Etienne is one of the best running backs in college football. I mean, he's he's a contender for the Heisman right now. He has 14 rushing touchdowns. And Clemson's defense obviously has four guys that are going to go very high in the uh, in the draft, and that's just on the defensive line. So, you know, and then you've got NC State on the road where Florida State is 4-4 four and four in the last eight games in Raleigh. And then you've got Notre Dame on the road who's undefeated in the top five team. Then you get Boston College at home and Florida, who's who's ranked in the top ten and playing a top ten matchup against Georgia this weekend. So it's it's going to be really tough for Florida State to maintain that because the quality of the opponent that they're facing is about to go up. But there can still be signs of progress, even things even if things don't go as well as Florida State fans would like. Um, it it really is all about getting better heading into next season. This season was kind of uh, a lost cause after the first three games. Not not really a lost cause, but kind of a lost cause. You know, after the first three games, there was... There, I mean, obviously, there was no chance that Florida State was going to win the ACC after the first three games. And it it was a question of how if, if they would be able to get in position to to go back to a bowl game for the 37th straight year. Florida State's put put itself in a position to do that, to get to a bowl game. It's going to need to win at least one game against a team with one loss or less at this point uh, in the season. And um, Florida State's going to uh, going to be it's it's going to be a tall task. But with the progress that we've seen, if Florida State can continue to get better, I mean, obviously, it Clemson's it. I'm not expecting a win. I don't know anyone that is expecting a win for Florida State. I mean, Clemson's almost an 18-point favorite in the game. So I don't think that Florida State, I don't give Florida State much of a chance to win this game just because I think Clemson is better, more talented across, you know, really across the board at this point um, at almost every position. But Florida State can still make some progress they're able to find, you know, continue with the running game and you know, open up some holes against this defense. It's going to give it's going to give Florida State a lot of confidence if they can, you know, move the football on this defense. It's going to give them a lot of confidence. And if Florida State's defense can can shut down this Clemson offense, or not even shut down, but just limit this Clemson offense, it's going to go a long way. But regardless of what happens, we've already seen the seen the progress that Florida State's made this season, and hopefully they'll be able to carry it carry it through the rest of the season and get to a bowl game. But the pro- the progress is there, guys. It's it's a silver lining in a, in a pretty, you know, dismal season so far. Florida State's four and three. You gotta win two more games to get to bowl eligibility. But, you know, at this point they're expected to win five games. They're not expected to get to six. It's gonna take it's gonna take an upset for Florida State to get to six wins. But with the progress that they've made over the past few weeks, it's not out of the realm of possibility like it was after those first three, first three games. But that'll do it for this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, make sure to like, favorite, share, do whatever you, you need to do on your favorite podcast website to uh, to so it'll let you know when the next uh, next episode comes out. But I'll be back again again tomorrow. We're going to talk a. Uh, talk a little bit about the Florida State offense and the offensive line. We're going to talk to some offensive players, 
and uh, we'll be back again on Tuesday to discuss that. But for now, that's it for the Locked On Seminoles podcast. Have a wonderful day.